Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Good? All right. Thanks for answering that. I, I heard every one of your responses. That was good. All right. <clears throat> I want you to, to react. You don't have to do it physically, but you will react to these words is my guess. Here they are. Instruction manual. Now, some of us do everything to avoid those. Some of us do everything we can to follow every single piece of information that's given to us. But if we're really honest, most of us are just completely confused as to why they can't write a simple instruction manual, correct? I mean, it's just so confusing most of the time. And the worst of it is when you get the ones that are obviously written in another language originally and then are translated into English. Now, don't misunderstand. It is really, really hard to learn another language. I'm not making fun of anyone. Um, and English is especially hard. I mean, it's just really confusing, and everything in English is an exception. But we're going to um, look at a couple of instructions that I think are just too funny to, to miss. So here we go. All right. These are the instructions on how to use a hand fan. <clears throat> I'm going to read it in case you can't read the, the words there. And it will be a lot more clear, obviously, when I read it anyway. So when opening, it affixes... From under by the left hand, it has, and the bone on is opened like drawing circle by using the right hand thumb to the last minute. When shutting, the right hand is affixed from the state to open the fan. It hauls in by the finger with the left hand along the crease. It draws and it folds. Well, it's clear as everything, right? It's very clear. All right, here's, some, uh, important, here's, a, here's an important warning about using a toy helicopter. Warning, if blade damage, don't be fly. <laughs> Otherwise, it will create the human body or blame damage. <laughs> How's that again? Don't be fly. Otherwise, it will create the human body. Be careful about being fly. You might create the human body there. All right, moving on. Honestly, I'm not, I have no idea what this product is. Maybe you can figure it out. Here's what it says. How to shape the italicized men flaps. When you just bought respect and it is not easy to move hard, shape is applied to the side bedding, clearly. About three days are diagonally folded to the way below and binds firmly. You will come to put and never to have a pain in the God and in the ear, if you do like this. All right, and finally, something about a chicken sandwich. Multiply by carefully overdue, hot and just right. And the words on the bottom are my favorite. Fragrant frailty chicken leg fortress. Yes, the chicken leg fortress. This is awesome. I think I'll have one of those for lunch. Well, when the instructions are clear, you know, it's very helpful. It's all good. But when the instructions are not clear, it's anything but good. So in Luke chapter 6, we're going to finish up this chapter today. And thanks, Kaylee, for sharing the story with us. Um, we're going to read verses 46 through 49. I'm going to use the New Living Translation today um, because I, I think it brings uh, some things out that are helpful, especially to some of our younger people. So, 
Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49. And you've heard this recently. Thank you, Kaylee. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Last week we looked at some of what Jesus was talking about, his teaching. And throughout the chapter, Jesus asked his followers to be different than the world. To be people who line up with him rather than lining up with the culture when the culture does not line up with God. And that happens in a lot of different ways. And we know some clear ones. But I'm afraid sometimes we only want to embrace the ones that we want to embrace. Like to embrace the full teaching of Jesus. I mean, just go back and read through this chapter. It's really challenging. It's really hard. But it's, it's clear. That's the beauty of what Jesus offers us. He gives us clear teaching. Now, interestingly, though, when we go to verse 46, Jesus uses this word that if you're a parent of a child, I guess that's what you would be a parent of. But anyway, if you're a parent, this word kind of at points has just been that, kind of been that word that's like, Argh. Jesus uses the word why. Now, when kids ask what questions, those can be cool. For example, what is a blender? You know, that's a cool thing. You can answer what a blender is. It's cool when kids ask how questions, like, how do you use an iPad? Oh, wait, that's the, that's the question the parents ask the kids. Never mind. Let's try a different one. How do you tie your shoe? You know, oh, let me help you with that. It's cool when kids ask who questions, like, who is John the Baptist? And you can go, oh, I'll tell let me tell you about John the Baptist. Um, it's cool when kids ask where questions. Where is Alaska? Well, let's just go there and visit. You know, you can talk about where Alaska is. It's not so great, honestly, when you get to the point where they're asking the why questions, right? Why is the sky blue? I don't know. Um, or why do I have to pick up my room? Or a little bit later, why do I have to know the periodic table? And we... When, when those questions are asked, at some point, because of the frequency of those why questions, we respond with that thing we said we would never respond with, and we say, because I said so, right? How many of you said that to your kids, because I said so? All right, the rest of you are either not parents or you're horrible liars. <laughs> but Jesus asks a why question. Those are the hard ones. And this why question is the one that feels like a punch in the gut. Because the problem is people have said, oh, Jesus, you're Lord, with their lips. But they haven't been following what he says and putting his teaching into practice. Let's admit it, when, when uh, everything's going well and there's no pressure, 
we will say with our mouth the things that we think other people want to hear. But when the pressure is on, then as Jesus talked about in the passage we looked at last week, all the stuff that's stored up will come out. And the real us becomes visible. And so Jesus said, if you put good in your hearts, then good is going to flow out of your life. And if you put bad things into your hearts, then bad things are going to flow out of your lives. So storing up good and following Jesus, becoming like Jesus, are ways that wise people live so that it keeps them from doing things that cause people to ask why questions. In other words, if you store good things up in your heart and if you live like Jesus, you will be wise. And the wise, W-I-S-E, prevent the wise, W-H-Y apostrophe S. If you are wise, Jesus won't ask you, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I ask. If you're wise, your spouse won't ask you, why did you cheat on our relationship? If you're wise, your parents won't ask you, why did you disobey me? Your children won't ask you, why do you ignore us so much? Your friends won't ask you, why did you tell other people what I told you in confidence? Your employer won't ask you, why did you try to defraud me? Your teachers won't ask you, why did you use Wikipedia when I said not to? Your church won't ask you, why don't you support our ministries with your time and your ability and your money? Your social media friends won't ask you, why do you say that you follow Jesus, but you post stuff that looks like you don't? Your friends won't ask you, why don't you want to be with us? Your neighbors will say, why don't you spend time with us? Jesus simply says, please don't call me Lord unless you're going to obey me. Obedience isn't easy, but it is easier when it's motivated by love. And that's why Jesus says, if you love me, then you'll obey me. See, this isn't about following all the rules of Jesus. This is about falling in love with Jesus. Because when we love Jesus, we want to do what Jesus does. We want the things that he wants. We want to love like he loves. We, we live like he lives. We become as he is. And we avoid those painful why questions. Let's move on to verse 47. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and follows it. <clears throat> He's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. Here we see that we need to be built on Jesus and on his teachings. And it kind of struck me um, that in these verses we see three elements that God has been making us aware of as a congregation in multiple ways over the last couple of years. 
three elements. We've talked about what we want Discover to be all about. Relationship and transformation and mission. And when we looked at the definition of discipleship earlier this year, we saw that Jesus said, follow me, relationship, and I will make you transformation, fishers of men, fish for people, which is about mission. Here Jesus presents three present tense verbs. And it's amazing how much they line up with these other ideas. He says, you need to come to me. You need to listen. And that is, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is just hearing. Listening is taking the things that we hear, bringing them into our lives, and letting God change us. That's what the biblical definition of listen is. And he says, then you follow it, you put it into action, you do something with it, you are on mission with Jesus. Isn't that cool? This isn't a coincidence. All three of these elements are vital for us to be disciples of Jesus, to be built on Jesus. Now make no mistake, our lives are being built on something but it's wise to build on a firm foundation. But to build on a firm foundation, Jesus says you have to dig deep. This isn't easy. It's not passive. You have to do it. You have to listen and obey. And it's not a one-time action. We come to him, we listen, we put it into practice, we listen and obey, and then we do that over and over and over. Otherwise, we have to ask a question, who are we really fooling? Verse 49 says, anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. If we aren't built on Jesus, we're foolish and we're not fooling anyone but ourselves. James puts it this way, in chapter 1, verse 22 of his letter. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Now, it's great that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and and with our hearts and our mouths, we confess that, and and that's important. In fact, it's part of the process of, of being saved. But our lives must also speak that our lives must speak Jesus you are my Lord and if our lives don't then our words really don't mean much see it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to do it and we all understand that doing is important it's evidence that we are followers of Jesus it doesn't make us a follower of Jesus it's evidence that we are followers of Jesus And we can become more like Jesus by using this worn out, pretty cliche, sometimes even feels trite phrase that came out of a book from a couple of centuries ago that became a bracelet, that became a phrase that became four letters, WWJD. And it seems kind of blah to us now, but it's really still true. What would Jesus do? 
And when we can ask that question and then respond by knowing what Jesus did, because we know the Word of God, and by being led by the Holy Spirit, and by having brothers and sisters around us who help us become more refined to be more like Jesus, then it makes a difference. We become like Jesus by imitating him. And Jesus reminds us that our actions make an enormous difference. Do what I say and you're going to have a solid foundation. Ignore it and your foundation will collapse. Let's watch this illustration of Jesus in action without words. A strong building needs a strong foundation and a strong life needs to be built on Jesus. Shortcuts won't work. But this is time consuming. It's hard work. It's costly. And it's worth it. Here are two truths from today's teaching. One, both houses will face storms. Being built on Jesus does not mean you will not have storms. They still come. But number two is also true. Only the house, only the life built on Jesus will survive. So build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand. Would you please stand? Hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, God spoke about him through Isaiah the prophet. I would like for us to read these words together. Please, please read them out loud with me. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes will never be shaken. That's about Jesus. Jesus makes a bold claim. Obey and our houses will survive. Disobey and our houses will crumble. Stand on the authority of the teachings of Jesus, the word of God, and your foundation will stand. Stand on any other authority and your foundation will fall. Build our lives on Jesus and we will weather the storm. Build on anything else and things will collapse into a heap of ruins. Today, may we choose to build our lives on the teachings of Jesus. If you want to pray about that or talk about what it means to follow Jesus and put his teachings into practice, or to commit your life to him for the first time and say, Lord, I do want to follow you, or if you want to become a part of this church family, you can do that as we sing. You can come forward and and we'll work through that with you. We'll talk with you. We'll pray with you.
for all of us. The words that we're getting ready to sing are challenging. They're dig deep kind of words. Because it's an opportunity for us to be honest. We can just sing with our lips. Oh, Jesus, you're the cornerstone. But these need to be the words of our hearts. So I pray that as we sing, we will let God work in us to make this the reality of our lives, that we are built on Jesus.